This is Radio Havana, Cuba. This is Radio Pyongyang of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. This is Moscow. Everybody, it's that time once again. It's time for a little crazy talk. That's right, it's me, Doc Normal. And uh, wait till you see tonight's hat. That's right. Uh, Get off my lawn or eat some sausage. There I am. Hang on a second here while I adjust my headphones and I'm back with you. Uh, once again, it's me, Doc Normal. Uh, I'm over here with uh, this wonderful, lovely hat of my ethnic heritage, if you can you can see that. It's about 10 sizes too small. It's actually a hat that I got when I was a kid with a pair of lederhosen. Yeah, that's right. This hat with lederhosen right here, and we aren't we aren't even Bavarian. We're um, hang on. Oh crap! We're like from from Leipzig, right? That's the flag right there, from uh, Saxon in East Germany. But you don't care. That's not why you joined me here. You joined me for some crazy talk, and uh, tonight's guest. I have to readjust this camera again. It's, it's wigging out tonight. I don't know why. So I'm going to bring him in. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's someone I've worked with before, and he's got a uh, really interesting story. Uh, we've partnered up uh, on different events and different uh, uh, live streaming uh, um, events and productions. And his he's from Blaze Streaming Media. His name's Joe Christensen, and I'm going to bring him in right now. Hey, Joe, are you there? Hey, Mike, how are things going? It's going well. It's going well. And uh, you're based here in Portland, but currently, where are you? Uh, tonight, I'm in um, Charlottesville. Oh, sorry, Knoxville, uh, Tennessee. I was in Charlottesville uh, the last four or five days. And uh, we just came into Knoxville uh, about 4 p.m. Uh, tonight. Wow. So uh, is that a dry county out there? Um, no. Believe it or not, there's a liquor store right across the street from the hotel. And, uh, you know, they're taking care of us. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You get some uh, some of that uh, Tennessee bourbon uh I was always surprised. Oh, yeah. I think I think uh, if, uh, this may not be true, but if I remember, the place that they make Jack Daniel's whis- whiskey is actually yeah. in a dry county. That might that <laughs> you know. I think I've heard that as well. Yeah, it's probably a lie. <laughs> it's probably an old wives' tale tale or something. So yeah. oh, we're not here to talk about Tennessee and uh, bourbon. Uh, tell us why you're out there. Well, um, it's actually been a, a crazy journey. Um, we, um, 
I've, I've identified a, a really neat community um, that uh, could benefit from uh, live streaming, and that is the uh, uh, USTA's Challenger Tour level uh, tennis events. And uh, what you have is a community of people that um, have a worldwide audience. Um, the, fan, the players travel all over the world, and they're the future pros of tennis. That's the exact purpose of the challenger level events. These are fifty thousand dollar matches, and uh, so, anyways, I uh, want from one thing to another. Got into talking with them and and um, came out to uh, Charlottesville uh, to produce uh, some challenger events. Uh, we did four days of uh, that tournament. Uh, a tournament is typically six days. And we're probably going to do five days of Knoxville uh, starting either tomorrow or the next day, uh, depending on when they let us get in there. But um, basically, I'm out here um, covering tennis for the world, and uh, it's just been an excellent time. I've got uh, two cameramen with me from Portland, and uh, it's part work and it's part torture on the road. But um, so far, we're all still friends. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, you know, just to step back a little bit, your your business is Blaze Streaming Media. You're a startup. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, we met right. we met just about a year ago, uh, you and I, right. and started working on some some pro- some wonderful projects together. Doing some, um, uh, we did some uh, uh, live events. Um, I got to quit saying um. I'm trying really hard. It's not not working well, but we did some uh, live technology events uh, together, and you've been doing this, you know, for quite some time. You're starting. You've branched out into the sports. You branched out into this uh, this uh, Challenger tennis tournament, which has a large audience. Um, right. It, it it's an amazing audience. Um, you go out to. They're actually horribly underserved on the web. Um, they're working with, like, if you remember the old V bulletin boards, um, you know, yeah. where you po- you make a posting and people comment on that and things like that. Well, they're literally posting live match results from every serve on these bulletin boards throughout the day. And they're seeing tens of thousands of hits. Um, at, and all people get is the score. And they're living their day hitting refresh on this bulletin board. So, um, you know, I started to kind of like get into this story and, and say, you know, and think, my goodness, you know, you've got a worldwide uh, community that's bound around this tour. And yet people, they can't really be there. They can only be at that one event a year that's near their home. So um, anyways, it's it's an opportunity. And and. Um, you know, we're kind of trying to go out there and uh, introduce them to the idea. Well, and you're talking about people from from all over the world, um, and this is, you know, you're finding these these types of things that are not served by broadcast medium, by the broadcast media itself, right? This isn't uh, correct. You know, there's a lot of sports, a lot of events that are not broadcast on ESPN one, two, or three, or or whatever, um, or satellite or cable. 
Well, and, and the tennis community has actually seen a real degradation of their live event coverage. Um, right now, why is uh, that? In the, um, is you know, production I think, cost I think, of media, or no, I, I think they have to. Um, you know, broadcast networks have to choose winners, and so you're seeing them uh, put their eggs into smaller and smaller baskets, uh, like the NFL and the. Um, you know, you you come to some of these smaller sports communities. And they don't want to make the investment. Um, and so, you know, you have the tennis channel. And if you talk with uh, anybody in tennis, they say, you know, really all that is is a replay channel. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they wait to get a tape from somebody else. Um, and, um, you know, <laughs> anyway, so it, it's a perfect opportunity for a community that is strong enough to support an independent broadcaster um, like myself that wants to reach a worldwide audience, but um, you know, still small enough to where the broadcasters are actually leaving the market, the traditional uh, broadcast networks. So you mentioned one thing. I I, I should ask uh, in the chat room. Uh, wanted to know: Is this league similar to the minors in baseball? And uh, it is. It, it is yeah. a, a direct comparison. Um, but this you know, feeds so into t- the open, right? It does. Um, so, you know, what you see is uh, at the very top level of tennis, you have the ATP World Tour. Um, typically, uh, those are players, the top 100 players ranked. Um, the players that are playing in challenger level are from 100 to, I don't know, 300 in ranking, something of that type. Um, in any given week around the world, there's about three challenger events going on. Um, the the real purpose, uh, the current purpose, if you will, of the challenger level really is to provide that environment to create tomorrow's talent. But, um, you know, I think that's such a narrow vision because what you have is wonderful stories of uh, young men and women in, you know, from uh, – 18 to, you know, even up to, you know, 30. And they're coming, that they're feeding from all over the world. They are. I mean, there is, um, it's a inc- completely international audience. And um, these are people that have the story of wanting to make it to be pro. Um, I mean, we all get behind that story. Um, and so the, the quality of play, they're, they're, you know, they're reaching for ATP points, just like the pro tour. Um, you know, there's 50 grand in the, in the kitty for each, uh, tournament. Um, and I just, I've been astounded at the quality of play. And so, you know, what, what I would like to see the tennis community do is to start to realize the depth of their catalog. And, you know, once, I mean, the Open is great, and, you know, I'm glad we have this once-a-year event. But, you know, we could put tennis, uh, you know, live quality matches and telling the story of tennis a lot more than just, uh, you know, one tournament a year. (laughs) Right, right. So that's, you know, we're focusing on tennis as a community. Yeah. But essentially what you're saying is that, broadcast is not satisfying or not providing for this community and that's where you blaze streaming media are coming in uh 
to satisfy that and and I, I and bring high quality to the web as well. Now you you said you have a crew out there. This isn't just like one webcam on a on a laptop, right? Oh no, no, absolutely. This is a very professional production. Um, we're doing a three cameras. Um, we do a wide angle shot at the end of the court, uh, mounted up on a pole, um, just like professional coverage. Um, so if you study how tennis is shot, they really rely on that in camera because the, the pace of play is so quick. Um, and then I've got two cameras, uh, sitting sideline. And they're giving me my creative shots. They're giving me my tight end shots. Uh, and so, you know, as the frustration or the, you know, as the storyline of this match develops, we're capturing all that color. Um, and, you know, professional audio, it's amazing. You can hear, you know, the, the squeak on the floor. You can hear the rackets when they get tossed to the ground. <laughs> it's, uh, it's riveting. I mean, I, I really, uh, I, to be honest, I, I don't have a, a big history in tennis, and now I'm just completely hooked. Um, it's a uh, it's 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 a very it's a really cool game, and um, the community and the players um, it, it it's very much like how I feel with my uh, Portland Technology peeps. I mean, there's there's a real kinship in this community, and and um, you know I'm excited to kind of introduce this idea to a new group of people. So you touched on a few things there, and that is that um, this is a community, and you're serving a community with a medium. So you can't uh, – have you found that you can't just run in there with great production values and say, okay, I'm here, and I'm going to put your stuff on the web? I mean, what kind of challenges do you have with with your uh, clients? Yeah, it's um, – you know, you, you – it, it, it certainly is uh, coming with a technology background. Um, I'm accustomed to um, creating a new widget and everyone's sitting at a table and saying, well, that's a smarter way to do it. Let's move forward. <laughs> and I mean, I've been incredibly naive in um, expecting this to kind of fall like dominoes. Um, the, the reality is, is that you have interests that are incredibly um you know, you have, you have people that, that are, are at their full capacity just producing the quality tournament that they're doing today. Um, and to add something new and innovative to their schedule feels like a threat. Um, and then you have uh, the aspect of um, trusting your image and your content to a person who is part technology and part creative and, and you know, has a, a pretty small story in your community. So, um, you know, I've had some trust issues as well. And, and basically, um, you know, Mike, I think the, the best story is how this trip got a start or had its start in that um, I had been reaching out to the, the folks in uh, Charlottesville um, over um, a few weeks, and and uh, finally, um, you know, I I had to leave on Sunday in order to leave with enough travel time to be comfortable. And the reality is, once I received approval at the tournament level, I then got escalated to corporate level, and then I got thrown into legal. 
And I ended up not getting approval until I think it was Tuesday morning. Right. And we we had to be there producing Thursday night at 6 p.m. And I was located in Portland, Oregon, and the event was in Charlottesville, Virginia. And, um, you know, by this time, I had, you know, this this uh, community had, in you know, I, in my opinion, they probably moved a few mountains to get to yes. It's just they got to yes really late. So – And uh, so – go ahead. <laughs> well, I just – I'm trying to figure out what is the unique difference between you and jumping in your broadcast truck, which is, you know – uh, different from a larger broadcast truck, but what is the difference between you and a big media broadcast truck, a typical broadcast media, you know, ESPN truck? I mean, do they have to go through these same hurdles, or do they just walk in and say, "Hey, we're you know we're NBC or whatever," and that's like their calling card? I mean, what's the difference here? You know, you're you're hitting the pavement and doing this, or is this just an underserved community that's waiting to be served? And sure, you're going through these growing pains of getting approval and getting trust, so that you don't screw up uh, this community and their their product. But at the end of the day, you know it, what what do you what do you see out there? I mean, you're 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 bringing a broadcast level production of this sport to the web. Why is broadcast not doing that? And uh, you, you know, know, I think Mike. Um, actually, the uh, the surprising answer to me, um, you know, stepping out as a um, um, you know person starting a business and and having these conversations with clients, it 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 has nothing to do with the technology or that I'm with broadcast or not with broadcast. It just has to do with relationships and trust. And um, that takes time to build. And, um, you know, until you get the right introduction on the right day, um, it really doesn't matter, you know, what business you're in. It, you know, it oftentimes takes that level of interaction to make something happen. And um, I think the, you know, if anything, maybe it's a little harder because I'm a smaller uh, production shop and, um, you know, obviously, as you know, my equipment is very much the same as theirs. Um, you know, multi-camera, live switched, uh, on-screen graphics. So, so I guess instant the, replay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the the answer is there really isn't a competition here. You're just growing new business. That this is right. This is a new opportunity that you have the solution for, and you're stepping in to to take this opportunity and uh, take right. it to the web. Well, and, and it was interesting, too, because, um, you know, these events are very popular locally. Um, one of the local affiliates uh, sent out a, uh, you know, a cameraman, and um, they covered, you know, I want to say um, a half hour, 40 minutes. They stuck around and did some B-roll. Um, they did an interview, and they left, and I'm sure they got, um, you know, um, 30 seconds on the local news that night. Um, but you know, the, the value that we want to have is that you have this event and if you study your community, even though your event is in Charlottesville, Virginia, the community is worldwide and it's thousands of people. And, you know, if you just count friends and family, 
um, you know, <laughs> you, you've got enough people that are interested to make these new tools that we have that are affordable to use um, worth uh, bringing over to the event. And so and, uh, this this event is is like most events you've produced, uh, even maybe more so that you always end up attracting folks from around the world, from different geographies, from Europe and South America, right. and different right. areas. And I believe it, you said that you, you, you had a large contingent of, of viewers from Europe. Yeah, it, it's actually, um, it was interesting. We, um, we did not have a lot of time for um, uh, like local promotion or I want to say, you know, like U.S. or get on any blogs or anything like that. We basically were up on a couple forums where these people hang out. And our audience was split 50% between um, we had half of the people in Virginia and the other half in Europe. <laughs> I mean, it was so funny. I mean, I hit California just a little bit, but it was like all Virginia and then all Europe. And... Um, you know, just it, you, the boundaries of time and space, you know, just don't really matter. Well, there's your advantage. There's your advantage on the web, right? Because, yeah. uh, oh, absolutely. Because broadcast doesn't, I mean, sure, there's international satellite and things. And, you know, if you as a, as a viewer want to invest in, in, um, and people do and certainly get that high depth, high def living room experience. But, you know, if you want to, get all the the skynet channels or whatever they are um you can do that but at the same time you can sit at your macbook you can hook up your 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 uh inner you know your your pc to the uh to your large screen and you can just get this stuff uh, there's no barriers to entry there's there's no barriers in europe there's no barriers in south america and the u.s it's it's just bits coming to you and it's it's that easy to dial in if you're up on the web so i to me, that seems like uh, like an advantage, a big advantage that you have over trying to figure out how to get this up on the the satellite and and broadcast well, and, in a local market. Let me, yeah, and let me tell you, Mike. I mean, a perfect antidote from our um, experience over there is um, in the doubles final. Um, a uh, uh, two guys uh, took that from Germany. And at the end, they brought them out onto the court, and they've got the microphone out there, and they're giving them their trophy. And, uh, you know, the guy looked right at one of the cameras, and uh, he said, you know, I know my sister at home in Germany is watching me right now, and I just want to say, hi, sis. And, you know, it's so cool on a lot of different levels. Uh, you know, the first idea is, you know, wow, it's like, you know, yeah, she's in Germany, and she's with us right now. But then the second is that instead of producing media that's just for a generic, polished audience, we're producing the media that that community wants. And everybody wants him to say, you know, hi, sis. You know, I mean, that's great. <laughs> right. So what, what, about, uh, what about interaction? Did you have chat? Did you have uh, social interaction going on on this uh, particular uh Particular we did. Um, we had a uh, Facebook chat widget that had moderate usage. Um, the, really? The interest, yeah, I mean, it actually didn't take off like I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is what, something else what, that you're providing that the broadcast truck is not going to provide, and that's all part of your arsenal and your toolkit, is to have those people watching, have sis 
on chat actually yeah you know and and that's that's it is um we had that available and it was interesting because the community actually they were watching the video on um you know on my offering but instead of using my facebook chat they were over on their typical forums and they were chatting on their old school v bulletin system right right uh, so it was just funny that you know the old habits die hard <laughs> yeah but nonetheless the interaction is there and if it, they want oh it was still taking place yeah and, and, and if I'm they want to move to a, a different platform like the facebook chat or something a more robust platform you can you can you know if the community is willing move the community into that that platform if that's where right. they want to go. And one of the, the biggest things we didn't get accomplished at the last event was um, our announcers did not have uh, internet access. And so that was a real blow to our interactive uh, you know, broadcast. And we're looking forward to making that happen here in uh, Knoxville. So you, so how, again, run that past me again. I, I didn't quite get that. So you, you well, typically, um, you know, our goal is that because we have two announcers, um, just like right. traditional uh, sports broadcasting, they're sitting there courtside. Um, and, you know, the goal is that your broadcaster is sitting at a laptop watching the chat room, uh, just like I'm doing right now in, in our, our discussion right now, Mike. And so, you know, we want our broadcasters actually talking back to our fans. And um, we did not have that feature in place for Knoxville or Charlottesville. Sorry. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so I want to talk to you about um, some problems that you encountered. Um, right. You know, let's talk, let's talk the money side because uh, after about 20 minutes of talking, which is we've talked for about 26 minutes now, uh, Typically, we warm up the conversation, and then the conversation starts to move. Uh, how are you making money on the web? How are you making money as a startup on the web with this with this business? Um, because that's often the the elusive part. And uh, tell us a little bit about the the model that you're looking, or the model that you've put in place, and kind of where you think you want to go with that model, and some challenges you've had. Right. So. Um the um, it has been an interesting progression, um, and with the opportunity um, of the challenger circuit, uh, what we would like to see done is uh, ten events a year, produced all at you know the same level of production, and this question of how to fund it has been kicked around for a few months. Um, ideally we would have a title sponsor and we would be able to make this content available at no cost to our fans. Um, so that's it's, just it's like my, the broadcast model. Right. It's, it's my belief that that will help grow the sport. And uh, my purpose and is to, you know, my desire is that I really serve these people in the best capacity possible. We uh, have not gotten all that sorted out and, so we, we started looking at pay-per-view. Uh, if you study pro tour tennis coverage today on the internet, it is all pay-per-view. The ATP World Tour 
has adopted this pay-per-view model. You can get a season pass for about $160. You can get a match for about $15 or, or an event, sorry, a tournament. Uh, so we studied them and we thought, well, shoot, it looks like the tennis community has adopted pay-per-view. Let's go out and give that a try because the sponsorships are going to take a while to develop. And we need, we still need more content for our reel. And we went out and ha- produced pay-per-view last week. We did not break even. Um, we actually are still quite a bit under on our numbers. Uh, for a first match, it wasn't horrible, or for a first tournament. Um, but you know, I think that uh, it's it still feels like the secondary route. I mean, the route I would really like to go is find a sponsor that wants to serve this community and then have that community repay that sponsor through, um, you know, adoption of their product, really. <laughs> and yeah, we can get into that a little bit a little bit uh, later here in the conversation. Uh, you and I have had extensive talks and thoughts about that. Um, and I think right. we've, we've gotten into that in some of the conversations earlier on this uh, Crazy Talk uh, podcast show. Right. Um, so... You did the pay-per-view. You said the numbers weren't what you were looking for. Um, my question there is, uh, is that just uh, getting the word out? Is it advertising? Uh, what were the challenges you saw with the pay-per-view? Well, model? you know, if you'll recall, we did not receive uh, final approval until Tuesday morning, and we started our event on Thursday night. Um we, you know, we drove 44 hours straight, um, hot, sw- hot switching in the in the vehicle to drive to be there. So we knew that marketing was, you know, not where it was going to be or should be. Um, but the other thing is that when you show up and you've got your production, every player there noticed what we were doing and spoke with us, and word has quickly got around that if you see us at your events. Call your family because they can finally watch you on the tour. So even here in um, uh, Knoxville, we we expect a huge bump just because the community saw us in full force in Charlottesville. Um, but marketing was, I think, the main reason. And then um, you know we did have uh, um, you know a um, a poacher. So I don't know. Do you want to talk about that, Mike? Absolutely. I mean, it, if if you know, if you're willing to. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, mean, I think uh, it's one of the challenges. Um, and and again, you know, full disclosure, Joe and I do work together on projects, and we have a lot of a lot of discussions. Um, uh, Rick posted a, a post. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but posted a post about this podcast, Crazy Talk, and he referred to it as kind of the side discussions and private discussions that people are having and that are now being podcast. And, you know, if there's one thing that I'm trying to do with this is to do that, is to actually um, take all this great content and make it public. The great conversations and the great thoughts that um, folks uh, in Portland and beyond are having, um, trying to build community and uh, also make a livelihood on the web, especially with the the new medium that media that we're we're seeing uh, flourish on the web, and in light of the fact that a lot of the old models are coming crashing down at our feet, um, 
So it's good to get in there and get these conversations going. So earlier today, uh, we had a brief chat, and you told me that one of the big problems you had with pay-per-view is someone ripped off your stream. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so our... um it was amazing. I was in the, um, the third day of production and I'm surfing the forums and monitoring the conversations of my community when all of a sudden a link popped up for Justin TV and I clicked on that link and, uh, my stomach just turned because I saw my beautifully high quality stream reduced to a screen scraped crummy version sitting out there on Justin. And uh, the guy was pulling uh, some some pretty good numbers. Um, and uh, I watched, you know, I studied my um, uh, my registrations for pay per view, and uh, he brought that stream up. And I mean, my registrations basically stopped the moment he lit that stream up. And uh, I'm I'm here running this production, and uh, it. I, I, to be honest, I did not see it coming. Um, and I, I didn't think that I was at the caliber level of an event to attract this. And, um, I'm very humbled and honored to say that I attracted a poacher who, uh, ripped up, ripped off my content all weekend. <laughs> so in the, in the history behind that is you, you, you did, you did a takedown. You, you did it. Uh, takedown notice and you actually were able to uh to get a hold of the guy specifically and i am him and chat correct correct and you know it, it's such an amazing you know i don't know world on the internet where um i popped into his chat room and said hey um you know i see you've got the stream going on um you know, that's actually my product. Uh, looks like we both love tennis. And, uh, you know, I tried to keep it pretty neutral and we spoke for a while. And, you know, it turns out that he has a, you know, a, a pretty, I would call it moral conviction or ethical conviction that, um, you know, this stuff you should never charge for. And, and he thinks he's doing the world a favor. And, um, you know, then his next sentence was, uh, but you know, if you pay me, uh, I'll stop doing it. Oh, <laughs> and, okay. Uh, you that, know, there's a new piece to the story that you didn't that I didn't hear today. Well, and uh, so there's a was, payoff. And this guy well, was from uh, where was he coming out of? Well, you know, and we he um, he was from you know he gave me the you know that he was from Europe, and I did some researching, and you know I think I have a pretty good idea of which country he's in, and. Um, you know, to be honest, it was a decent conversation and, and, um, I, I don't know what to say other than, uh, we kept it respectful and, and I said, you know, if there was some way that I could keep doing this so that, um, you know, so that I could produce this and share it with the fans and, and still be able to pay my bills, um, I would love that. But as of right now, that's not happening. And so I'm, I've. I may not be able to do this, and, and I think you're a big part of that. And he said, you know, I feel really bad. And hmm. I said, well, then don't do it. And he said, I mean, I get you not. He said, well, I don't feel that bad. <laughs> really? Yeah. So. So, you, so you did try to do a little uh, social engineering there and explain your, yeah. you know, look, buddy, you know, this I, isn't yeah, free. Yeah, absolutely. And- I humanized the problem. 
Absolutely. Mike. I mean, I, I told him that, you know, we'd driven 40 hours, that we had uh, several thousands of dollars invested in this production, and that my cameramen were working, you know, 12-hour days, and uh, that we hadn't seen our payday yet. And, um, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I think you're part of the problem. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, it, it happens. So I'm, I'm trying to evolve, right? I mean, you know, I don't want to be the music industry and, and keep saying that I can protect my content. So, right. you know, what, what I have to, I have to out innovate. I have to provide more value. And, um, I'm working on that solution. And I was, uh, yeah. And I was going to say too that, that, you know, we talked in, uh, again, uh, it, you know, this is this is a cat and mouse game, I believe you you said, and and, and it certainly yep. is. And from a technology standpoint, you and I both have strong background in technology. We know it's a cat and mouse game. We're not like like you said, the music industry. It's like, well, we we know how to lock this down, you know. Yeah. Um, and we also don't have high price high priced lobbyists in Washington to somehow protect us in some bizarre way with artificial laws either. So we know that this is the situation. You know now you you had a great business life lesson with all right. your work out there that this is the landscape. So right. now you have to adjust to that landscape. Um, sure, you could sit there and go after these people, and there's all sorts of technical ways to do it, but it's just an arms race after all. It is. And, and they'll and find actually, a way to break I, you know, in. You know, well, they they will. And, and, you know, like I did file a takedown notice and it took uh, Justin TV about 20 hours to respond. And Which um, we it agree. was really legally that that was probably a great response. But in Internet time, you, you've lost all that business, you know. Yeah. And, and within um, 30 minutes of the takedown, he had created a new channel and, uh, you know, he was back up and running. So. Um, there was a great article in uh, the Australian Sydney Herald uh, today talking about this problem and uh, uh, Murdoch and all these rights he has for um, um, soccer or you know football, depending on where you're at, um, and that you know basically they can't keep a lock on their content either, and it's risking their billion dollar investment in the rights. So. You know, at least I'm not alone in the problem. There's there's folks out there with a lot more money on the line. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and uh, you know that that's a good point because a big story that hit uh, today um, was uh, Rupert Murdoch and uh, his. Uh, I I haven't read through the story. I don't know if you have, but the headlines are that you know he plans to block block Google. Um, no, I I know. hadn't gotten to that one yet. Yeah, yeah. it's it's in the headlines. Um, uh, you know, and this is all around the indexing of, of the websites and all that. You know, we've heard right. this before. Uh, we heard this, uh, oh gosh, uh, a while back with uh, the, was it the AP, I, I think? The yes, Press. it was. You're right. They were going to uh, prevent linking to their content. Yeah, so so Murdoch has announced that, that News Corps is going to uh, block uh, uh, Google indexing. Um, wow, I did not know that. Yeah, that that hit the headlines today. Um, so, you know, it's like okay, well, we'll we'll see how we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, uh, immediately everyone on the web freaks out, and and 
you know uh, i think a lot of it a lot of that uh someone pointed out um i think it was someone like dvorak or someone like that pointed out that you know a lot of this is business posturing a lot of this stuff is is google you know you're making this much and and here we are we are so we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna publicly announce this we're gonna take legal action and then uh, and then you just you do a deal you know you do some deal right well and and you know i talking with my um poacher you know i I, that's actually how i approached him is i said how can i keep doing what i'm doing and everything work out for you i said is there a win-win here and, you know, we're actually going to correspond on email and, you know, I'd, I'd be curious to hear his opinion because I, I know nothing about that way of life, you know, and, and, uh, maybe he's got an idea for me about how I can, um, you know, appease, uh, you know, the community while, while going out there and, and serving them. So, well, so, and that's, that's, that's a little bit of the problem here. Here you are a small, lean, entrepreneur um you know here you are really trying to uh to make a living at this in your startup and you very much are a startup um and you don't you don't have the power to 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 go out there and negotiate the stuff this stuff that the big boys do that the ap that news Corp, that google these are giant you know, multi-billion dollar entities. And that's a whole different level. Here you've got a guy who's, you know, uh, poaching your business and you're trying to figure right. out what to do, you know? I mean, what's the answer? Is he's just going to blackmail you and go, well, send me some money and I'll stop. Well, that's great, you know? And then the next guy will start, you know? That's, well, that's and, not a solution and, either. But that, I mean, that... Mike, I mean that, but once again, like that comes back to the idea that the business model of pay-per-view may not be the right one exactly. for a truly niche audience. Exactly. A a true, in my mind, We're, a truly niche audience is best served by an advertiser that is craving that audience. And look at your younger audience. I mean, I don't know what the demographics are for this. I imagine it's probably across the board. It's actually probably a very young audience because the players are very young, obviously. But, well, you know, there's older people. It's probably across the board. But it is. Think about it, the it, young actually, audience. Actually, tennis, tennis is amazing for how it, it's all ages. It's but, a very much a family event. But the young audience, look, uh, that generation... Content is free. Content's on the web, and it's free. You know, we know that. We know, uh, you know, we, we, I didn't grow up with that. Um, although we kind of did, because copyright law through my lifetime has really changed, and often has changed for the worse, quite frankly. Because um, uh, I grew up through the whole Xerox machine phase, right? And, you know, you're going to school right. and you need to Xerox things from books to study. And then there was fair use and then there wasn't, you know. Um, it's been this slippery slope. Uh, the, the cassette tape came out and people would record records. And then there was the whole record, you know, before digital, there was the cassette tapes that the record industry was against. Um, but, you know, you're, you're we're living in a time where the audience and the younger audience doesn't expect just expects to dial up this content and have it come to them and so i i i really i am somewhat dubious of the 
the pay-per-view. And, you know, we should also, let's talk about OEN for a minute. Um, sure. Uh, this was the big project that you worked on uh, before you left to do tennis. You did the Oregon Entrepreneurs Network event. And uh, there was a charge for that. And right. there was some controversy about that as well. Do you want to just kind of step us through that? Well, absolutely. The um, um, the OEN event is designed for investors who are are not angel. Uh, these are uh, they're looking for startup opportunities that are currently uh, I, I forget the exact numbers, but they're they're million dollar companies that want to become fifty million dollar companies, and the the audience is full of. Uh, Oregon investment fund and VC firms and and people with millions of dollars to spend and and that's really the whole reason that the um, the event exists. So uh, in working through with OEN, we discussed the you know that their audience is this investor community and that that's who they're working towards and that uh, they are you know. Everyone's funding is tight and, and whatnot, and, and so the price of the stream was um, $250. Now, the cost to go to the event was, I believe, 450 or $500, and the logic there was for a dedicated investor from anywhere in the world, the opportunity to see these companies without bearing the time and expense of travel to get access to this opportunity for $250, we're saving that person a tremendous amount of money while also recognizing that they don't get a network locally at the event. Um, and I, I think what... Uh, what you know, I think you mentioned. You know, there was a backlash between uh, folks that you know had never seen a two hundred fifty dollars stream, and um, I, I think what you have to look at is who is the community, what is their content, and who is their intended audience, and um, you know, and that's that's where that came from. So um, it it was uh, an interesting thing to um, you know to go through. I don't know. What what did you think about it, Mike? Well, I think that um you know there there was commentary um in the chat room or in the chat room, I'm sorry, commentary on the blog post about the OEN event and about the live stream. And some people offered uh certain price points uh for the stream, which seemed valid, like much lower price points. And then the other piece was that some people just said, look, you know, um, it's like uh, TechCrunch 50, and what's the other um, couple demo, big events? Demo, demo. And some of those yeah. have free streams as well. Right, and, and um, I think the lesson to learn there is that they're really reaching the mainstream tech community the purpose of TechCrunch is not only to secure funding, but to build this uh, groundswell of your product recognition. And the marketing of OEN really has not been towards the general tech community. 
or to um, you know launching a new company to the masses. Uh, these are functioning companies that are actually shopping for a rounding of a round of funding. So the intended audience is um, all about bankers, investors, attorneys, and VC firms. Um, I was in the room all day producing, and it was not the gorgeous, sexy, wow demos that you get at TechCrunch. Instead, we spent all day looking at pie charts of five-year projections. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I think there might have been some misunderstanding about what exactly goes on at uh, Venture Northwest. Um, But, you know, it it was actually good conversation and and, – you know, I think that this is still something people are sorting out. Um, how do you price remote attendance when remote attendance is getting so good nowadays? Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And I, I think that that was the. Um, I think that's the issue. It's it's what will the market bear? You know, it. You know, you're you're going to figure these things out over time. Um, you know, we have the challenge of content being offered for free all of the time, and that's the environment we're in. And can you charge for this content? Uh, does it need to be free? Um, or can it be sponsored? Can it, can it, can you match a community sponsor with the content? I don't know if it would work for something like OEN. Um, well, maybe it would, you know, um, if it were something more that, that that would be something that you would want to be more journalistic and uh, neutral, uh, bringing in a sponsor would be a challenge. Uh, although we have lots of examples of that too, but certain certainly a lot of content can easily be subsidized by a sponsor, especially one that would uh, make a deep connection with the particular community that is producing the content itself. Well, and and I think the sponsorship opportunity is there, and uh, we discussed going free with OEN, and um, there were reservations with uh, the, you know, advisory people or whatnot about what it would look like to put their content out there for free. There's a certain amount of exclusivity in receiving financial information, and they felt like they wanted to maintain that exclusivity. So uh, in future events, I think it's tremendously helpful uh, for a sponsor. And with uh, WordCamp Portland, we struggled to find finding, uh, or sorry, find funding because we were looking kind of for Portland people to help provide this. But at the end of the day, the stream is actually for people across the world. And so we reached out to I, – I sent – I think it was – I sent 10 emails to um, WordPress products or services. And I just said, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to put – you know, I'm going to document that you're the stream provider. And I sent those emails out, and the very next day I had my sponsor. So um, sponsorship, when it is a targeted product – is a, a wonderful opportunity, and you know you're seeing traditional broadcast lose their ad dollars because nobody wants to sell to you know just a generic audience. They want to sell to their audience, and with niche-based broadcasting, you can identify your audience better than ever. 
Yeah, and, and your WordCamp uh, example is a good one. Um, you have, um, you know, in addition to doing OEN and doing this very big tennis uh, project that you're doing, uh, you've done a lot of uh, community type work, some some of the camps, uh, just to involve yourself in the community, get the word out, um, and certainly not making, you know, hardly anything, uh, if anything at all, on some <laughs> of those events. Um, yeah, but they're so fun and they're so well embraced. I mean, I just, I, I love doing those events. But it has uh, led you know, to to professional professional development. You have gotten gigs uh, and clients out of some of those events, correct? I mean, it's helped pr- promote yes, your product. And, and, you know, the other thing I would tell you is um, it's it has provided gigs for the people that I streamed. Um, at WordCamp Portland, um, we were able to, one of the uh, presenters contacted me afterwards and said, you know, I just got a consulting contract from somebody I've never seen, but they listened to my presentation and they hired me based on that. And I'm now their WordPress developer, or I'm, I now manage their WordPress site. And, uh, you know, so it, it's, it creates opportunities for me, but uh, I'm probably most proud about stories where it creates these opportunities for our community where, I mean, this guy's, you know, he came out and spoke, and I don't know the amount of the contract, but, um, you know, he's got a new uh, a, a new client because he came and spoke at WordCamp and because somebody saw it on the stream. How cool. <laughs> right, right. That's a, that's a great story. Now, he got paid. So now it's I know, I know. I'm working on my end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, I'd like to wrap up a little bit because we've we've kind of been talking about this and talking around it, and that is uh, we need to subsidize this. We need to find, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, advertising dollars, sponsorship dollars for these these projects and what's your strategy because this isn't something where you're looking at saying okay i have wordcamp portland sponsored by pepsi or something like that right um first of all who i don't think pepsi would be that interested in in your wordcamp portland numbers or many of the the types of of projects you're doing Right. How are you targeting a sponsor that would come in and 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 be allowed to place their message on the stream with this community's content? How do you pitch that, or what what's your strategy there? Sure. So it, it's uh, at the lower level events that I go out and do. Uh, I actually study that community and I identify who is advertising on uh, Google's uh, AdWords. And I say to myself, well, this person is obviously interested in this community, so I'm going to ping that person. And those are for my word camps and things like that. Uh, for my efforts with uh, 10S or, or larger clients, it, the process right now is to develop a reel of superb content to build a, uh, you know, what I call my slide deck or my pitch book or whatever, and to get on the phone. Um, it's very much old school in, in attracting that sponsor. The, 
the events that I go to for tennis, the everything is community based. So every sponsor, if you look at a regional um, challenger event right now, is somebody in the community. It's either a bank or a, a services company or something like that. So they're already ha- they're already in the community though. They're already sponsoring. Right. Well, yeah, and, and, so and that's actually not- what speaks to the strength, yeah. Mike, is is that I have the opportunity to reach a global sponsor and to bring in a sponsor. So I'm not going to poach a sponsor from the local you know, pool of revenue that's already funding this event or, or sponsorship dollars. I'm actually looking to, you know, the Nikes and the Wilson and, you know, everyone that's providing products and services in the tennis community. And basically offering them, I mean, believe it or not, I mean, it's like you can own the Challenger Tour because at each event, there's about 200 people sitting in the audience. When we did the Dallas Challenger in February, we had 90,000 people watch a half hour or more. 90,000. We took an event with 200 physical attendees and grew it to 90,000 people. I, I mean, you know, if you sell rackets, if you make tennis balls, I mean, give me a call, please. <laughs> <laughs> so let's and let's take it back a little bit too. So you know, not not everyone's producing content at at that tennis challenger level. Uh, there's right. all kinds of different levels, smaller communities. Um, you know, what's it seems like you know Google AdWords is your cold calling. It sounds like you know your research and your cold right. call. Um, Anything else as far as marrying community with with the sponsor? I mean, uh, lifestyle. Um, you know, again, you're working really hard to to get into this community and have the community trust so that you can present their content. Uh, right, and and I think you know the the model that I am searching for is what. Um, TV programs oftentimes started with. And I, I'm really looking for a title level sponsorship where they get generous um, branding on the page and that they get an, a, a, um, an announcement, uh, a mention from the, um, you know, from the host or the, um, you know, an, uh, broadcaster from time to time and, and that we, we don't clutter it with all these other people. But, um, Mike, as far as where to connect with those people, at the moment, especially at the, um, you know, at the levels that I'm trying to hit, it, it, there's ad agencies in the middle. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the direction that I've started to say, well, I might have to go talk to those folks. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the idea of, uh, putting my product together and then handing it over to, um, an agency to either shop or place is, I have to admit, I mean, it feels a little too old school for me. Like I'd rather just create a submit now button and get a check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I think the, you know, that those ad dollars are still flowing in that traditional model and I probably need to go knock on those doors. Do you do you see the agencies uh, fitting into this model well, or uh, 
do we see a change in 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 that uh, in that yeah. uh, you know business as well in the ad agency business as more people kind of fork out and get specialized and are working with uh, different community content because to me it seems like an ad agency and I may be wrong you and I aren't admin right <laughs> we're right. not in the ad agency world we're the internet crazy guys the entrepreneurs. But it seems to me like this is such a diverse and varied uh, community of content and potential content across the web that, you know, ad agencies, they have their big anchor sponsors and they're looking for their big plays because that's how you make sure you're getting the big checks and, and you're, you're, you're surviving. There's a lot of legwork in an ad agency to go out, I think it would seem to me, to get to, to resource going out and getting these smaller niche dollars from from each community and each advertiser i mean that's a lot of a lot of people and a lot of work i would think well and and i have a uh, competition i'm actually working with my first ad agency on an event that's in um february and march two events it is a famous chef competition and an ad agency owns the client and we never get to talk to the client. And it has been, you know, I just feel like I basically write emails that they can then forward to the client. Wow. <laughs> so it, it has been very hard to feel the value other than they really pressured us on our budget. And I, you know, I, sorry to be a skeptic if you're in that world, but right now it, it feels like, you know, they pressure us on our budget so that they can hit their margins. And, um, you know, we're working with them, you know, I mean, just to, I'm not kidding you. I had to show them what a Facebook widget is and, um, build out a demo page of what chat would look like when your broadcaster can interact with the audience because they didn't get it. So, um, you know, obviously that does not represent all ad agencies or whatnot, but, um, you know, in the event that I'm working on, it's been quite a challenge to, um, you know, to, I, I do see ad agencies getting nervous because the, you know, as, as reaching consumers gains efficiency, you know, do you need middlemen, right? I mean, you know, we look at how you can go create a Google account and start, linking right there you know do you need somebody to fill that out for you um, google makes it very easy and i think with the model that i want to go after it's basically you know a, a pretty easy transaction to set up and then to track and i've you know and technology allows us to know how our consumers like it because we get instant feedback so you know, I agree with, I mean, it's hard to find the value there, but I think that's a lot of the money is still flowing through ad agencies. Well, I, I just thought of a, a great soundbite, and that is that for you, uh, a nervous ad agency might be the best thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is because... Um, there, because you're the guy, when, when, when that happens, you're the guy that can say, well, yeah, I have relationships with this community and their content and this community and their content, you know, you know, and I'm doing that right now. So, you know, it's, it maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it, it's harder for them to, to blow past and do something different. I don't know. 
maybe maybe it is competition. Maybe it's not. It would seem to me that you would be the perfect person having established that business, having established those relationships to uh to be the the go-to guy in the right in the right position in the market uh when these agencies are are getting nervous and need to bring well, in this content. And and I think the best model in the particular community that I'm working on is if you study ten or if you study surfing, um, surfing content is free. Um, it has an amazing online audience. They travel all over the world, and their fans cannot sit on every beach and watch every heat. Um, and so they've adopted to the web, and it's heavily sponsored by a title sponsor. And, um, you know, once again, you get into this niche broadcasting and you want to provide that strength back to that brand. And you want that brand to be somebody that everyone in the community is totally thrilled with to be producing it. Um, you know, I mean, let me give you an example of something that I'm really not looking for. But um, here in uh, Knoxville. The challenger level event here is sponsored, or the title company is Pilot Travel Centers. You know the the truck stops. Oh, okay. So, of course, their corporate headquarters is here, right? So that kind of makes sense. But uh, you know, on a, it's a perfect example of where. You know, I'm not looking for a truck stop to sponsor my stream. Right, I'm actually right. looking for somebody where right. this is uh, could be a cornerstone of their sales next quarter. <laughs> sure, sure, and that's and that's that's the that's the regional community sponsorship um, as opposed right. to, to doing something that's that's larger. Um, you know, it, it's um, it's it's interesting because um, again. Uh, you know, I, I think there's also this piece about bringing um, and something I, I think this is the touchy feely side, the side I, I can't quantify at all. But there's almost seems like there's that perfect content with that perfect sponsor or a few anchor sponsors, you know, um, especially if it's a sport a kind of a lifestyle. You mentioned surfing. Um, there's a certain um, feel and vibe to the surfing world, and you know you just don't want to come in there with the wrong sponsor. You want to, you know, it's like it's like the sponsor you have. If, if they're doing, the, if their products are doing the right thing, they're, they've built their community around their product, and you're merging right. their product community. With the uh, with the de facto with the the right correct lifestyle community, you know, right, and it's it's like a marriage, you know, made in heaven as opposed to, oh my god, w- w- this makes no sense, you know, um, these guys with these guys, right, you know, um, right, right, you know, and 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 that's where you know we really are looking for that that um, opportunity where. Um, you know, one plus one equals three because the sponsor adds so much and maybe they're able to promote this challenger level competition across their literature to help grow the fan base for this tour. So, you know, now you're talking about a sponsor not only contributing because we need production costs covered, 
but we've got a sponsor that is excited about our tour and is in the tennis community already, and they're now adding uh, viewership because of the tight relationship that they have within that community. Oh, that's great. You know what? It's uh, I know it's very, very late there, and uh, I, I appreciate yeah. you taking the time to be with me tonight. Um, again, this is... Uh, this is probably a public extension of a lot of conversations that you and I have had over many several months. Um, you know, I think that obviously I'm sitting here live streaming this talk, um, and you're out there uh, getting ready to do uh, tennis tomorrow in in, in Knoxville. Um, you right. and I both believe in this medium. We believe that this is, you know, where things are moving on the web, and 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 I think both you and I are driven by a desire to be to be a part of that, to be a part of 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 uh, of this new shift, um, and it's exciting, and it uh, it's a lot of fun too. Well, and and it is, and you know, if we look at uh, just how how great. You know, time and distance doesn't matter. Um, you know, it, like even in the chat room today, we have uh, Excobar, um, who's, you know, came to know us from WordCamp. And, and now, right. you know, I see him in a chat room and I'm like, oh, cool, my friend's on board here. And, and uh, you know, Paulo I mean, Brazil, that- and he's now following a lot of things and a lot of, uh, he's following our Strange Love Live show and, Meme PDX, and he's following what you're doing, uh, live streaming, um, all from from Brazil. Correct, and and it's just you know it's a lot of fun to be produce being a part of the production that allows this wonderful content and these communities that are separated by geography to really get together and ignore that separation. I mean, ideally, you know, we'd click a few buttons and you guys, everyone would teleport to the right place. And instead, that'll be the next these, startup. Yeah, it will. And, and these will be the, uh, uh, you know, for now, this is the best thing we can do. Um, you know, we've got live video interaction. We've got live chat. We've got live feedback, um, you know, coming back to announcers and to players and whatnot. And. And so it, it feels like we're we're already seeing that, and I, I really love the uh, opportunity to do that with these communities. I agree. Well, I think it's time to uh, put you to bed. You've got uh, a lot of work <laughs> Thank to you, do Mike. tomorrow. Yeah, it's about one o'clock here. Um, you're blaze it on uh, on uh, Twitter, and right. also uh, your website is uh, blazestreaming.com, Correct. Correct. And if anyone's interested in tennis, uh, we should be online at frontrowtennis.com for the rest of the week. Uh, We're working on some last-minute adjustments, but that's where you should be able to catch us. Frontrowtennis.com to see Joe's work. Again, blazestreaming.com. Follow him on Twitter, blazeit. Have have a safe travel, have a good gig, and uh, we'll see you uh, back in Portland. Great. Thank you, Mike. Cheers, everybody. Thank you, Joe. Bye. Well, that's it, everybody. It's time to go. Um, 
This is an interesting little experiment for me, but uh, we continue to do it. Um, and I'm going to continue to say, um, I'm going to change the name of this show to the Um Podcast. I do need to point out our sponsor for tra- for Crazy Talk that we got last night. That would be Will Raddick's Bathtub Moonshine. Yo, hey. That's the chaser for Doc Normal. Um, it's actually water, folks, but don't tell Will that. See you tomorrow night. We have some exciting things coming up. And uh, I am out of here. <laughs>